This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This segment is brought to you by Rabbi Yehuda Shane, administrator of Kashrus Anytime, a division of the Kosher Consumers Union, a 501c3 organization. At this time, we're going to address some issues regarding fish, which is a long, long um, uh, discussion about various issues that can be with fish. I was at a caterer and uh, doing a wedding, and they took out a couple of cases of tilapia, which was made in China. We had that gach over there of Hisachdas and the CRC and OU. And I checked the date on the boxes. And it came out to be that they were doing this production in China the first day of Pesach, which I told the caterer I can't use it, but it's very odd that basically that the Hesachta should have a Mishbiyah there on the first day of Pesach. So the caterer called up Hesachtas and asked them what's going on. So they got back to him and they told him that the government in China doesn't allow fishing uh, in the lakes and the, and other areas at all times of the year, they don't want to deplete the fish. So they uh, basically had to just fudge the date so the government shouldn't know that. So the caterer went and called up to OU and asked them, are you aware that they're fudging dates when they're doing productions on the U? And the OU was kind of accept- uh, very upset about that. But that's another reason why the OU really should have the Mashgir. If their emblem is on there, you have the Mashgir. Don't worry if there's a... Hamish and one or not, you don't have to rely on those type of hashgachas. You have your emblem there, you make sure that your hashgacha is there. It happens beyond the end, I did call up the fish processing company and I asked them if they have their own fishing ponds or they take it from the government lakes and everything and they have their own fishing ponds. So the whole story about them having to fudge a date really does not hold water. We also had the episode, which I've spoken about before, where Sachtas did a Pesach oil, and it happened to be that the Sachtas CRC Mashgiach at this point forgot to come, and he just wasn't there at the production. That's why the OU should have their own Mashgiach there at every single production. I called up uh, Hamish Rav Amachshe, and I was discussing with him a tuna production that he was doing, and I asked him how does he clean the wagons where they cook the tuna on there when they cook it over there in the steam and the steam cookers. He says, well, the tuna wagons don't have to be cleaned or kashered because they're all fashvards black from burned fish. I told him, excuse me, Rabbi Maksha, but you can't burn the fish in a steam cooker. It can't burn. It's black layers of fish oil. That means you really didn't kasher it from any previous oils that it had, which was based in Bishalakam in the least, at least Bishalakam, but it may very well been from other fish, which basically was either unkosher or not approved, etc. We had another incident where it was by uh, California Delight under the Star K, and they had uh, tuna fish, but when uh, it was opened up the can and I took it down to a number of um, fish experts, they all identified it as clam. And uh, by the way, the date code, which I checked up, uh, tuna fish in the cans is usually cooked twice. Once it's cooked as a whole fish, uh, it's cooked by steam, and then it's put into cans, the loins are put into cans, and they're put in again to retort. 
So uh, either way, it was cooked on Shabbos, either the first cook or the second cook, depending if the date code is a European date code or American date code. But uh, that's what we have. That's one of the reasons we never use anything from California Delight. And California Delight, they also call themselves Cal Delight, buys also what's called Bright Pack. It means own labeled goods, and then they put on their own label, which basically there was never much gear or anything else like it, even though they do label it later, but they really should have a much gear there because you don't know where they got it. And the Hashgach agencies that are giving to California Delight never want to bother in going into his computer and seeing if it jives with Hashgach that you're giving. And that's the reason why California Delight will pick up basically, let's call it the best Hashgach money can buy. We will be addressing uh, many, many issues in the fish production, which basically is going to have to be over um, a few different sessions. But I'll just run through some of the things that we're going to address. Um, whether they have to eviscerate the fish means if they have to take out the guts of the fish before cooking because there is crustaceans and shellfish and other things in the gut. And Rabbi Nakam says that you need 24 hours, it's the 24 hour digestion by fish. And basically, uh, the Meshachich are real, not biologists, but I was able to open up a number of fish and you were able to see that it's in there. And there's, uh, there's always 6 to 7% of food in the gut, so you never have shishim. Uh, we're going to discuss also commercial fishing methods, which it, it, ha it does affect certain dekashas, the long lining, purse sign, nets, etc. Then the question is, is there kabush? when they bring up the fish and then they put it into the to the hold because of bycatch that comes along with the tuna or salmon or whatever else it is is the issue of coverage sometimes they'll store it in ice but many times they'll do it in very very cold and salted ice water could that be a problem of coverage we'll address that then you have by anchovies there's also an issue of the bycatch by anchovies and by anchovies really a bigger issue because the main thing that they want by anchovies when they catch it is they make it into anchovy meal and the oil is only considered a byproduct and very often you don't have shisha. Then on certain fish where they'll, they'll skin the fish and they sell it skinless, they'll have skin tabs on there. You have to check what, if the skin tab is, was really put on, it, it is part of the fish that was never removed or the skin tab it was caught numerous times that when the, uh, the fish is frozen, they'll stick on a little piece of skin tab, a square inch, and you don't realize that it was really stuck on. Uh, then there's the issue of bright pack, which we discussed before. Uh, seals, chesamis, because a lot of fish comes from one plant to another plant as loins. That means in one plant, they're not going to do the canning of that and the processing. They'll just do the cooking. They take off the loins, put it into plastic bags, and ship it off to other places. Then you have the what's called fish blood meat uh, in the plants, which they take off. It's the center part of the of the tuna. They make that into pet food, which a lot of the pet food has in it also meat and milk, which could be basar b'cholov. And if it's basically canned and cooked uh, with the same um, uh, same retorts or same ovens or same boiler. You may have a boiler issue because of the condensate that came uh, returning from there. Then we'll discuss the non-kosher feed and farmed salmon. Uh, the flesh color on skinless and boneless uh, salmon, uh, what they could do, and you really can't tell what it is, 
as uh, we'll discuss that thing. Then we'll discuss about Vishlakam of tuna, salmon, or sardines. Tuna is usually cooked in steam or water uh, first, and then it's canned, and then it's cooked again in the retort. So if they cook the tuna in water, you really would have a big Vishlakam issue. If it's cooked by steam before, many of them hold that steam is like Asha, and it's not considered to be... Um, problem of vishlakam, but salmon on the other hand is not cooked before, it's put in as a raw slice of salmon in the can with a few grains of salt and they cook it in the can, so that would be a problem of vishlakam. Then we'll discuss cold smoke versus hot smoke, and then um, herring barrels, which is usually when they ship the herring to the places and then it comes back, uh, they basically they reuse those barrels. Now, the barrels, many times, when it went to whoever is the user of the herring, the commercial user, he will store his brines, his sauces, whether it's a cream sauce, whether it's a wine sauce, and he'll store it there. So you really have kabush that in those barrels, and the question is, can those barrels really be used? They're plastic barrels. Is it kabush when it becomes awesome? You can't reuse it, which is happening in a lot of companies. So there are certain solutions for it, etc. Then we'll discuss the issues about sushi. Uh, which basically the nori is a big problem because there's the insects in the nori and the California roll, the surimi, the kani, those things all could be problems. There are numerous boiler issue problems as well by um, by uh, by all different kind of canned or um, hot smoke, cold smoke, etc., etc. Uh, then this cooker issue is by the um, tuna fish, which a mashgiach has to know that in order to have visually stroll, it's not enough just putting it into the cooker in the wagons. We'll have seven to ten wagons in the cooker, but he also has to close the air vent. If not, you're not really going to have any visual roll over there. Then we have condensate issues, which we've discussed that by the boilers. When the condensate goes back to the boiler, we have those issues. And then the retort would have issues also at the same time. Caviar is very, very problematic in tracking it because sometimes you could tell by the color, but really they're doing a lot of dying on the caviar and the fact that it's one color of another color because Chazal say that certain colors by caviar you know it's from a kosher fish and certain colors are not from a kosher fish but with the coloring you really can't know what it is. Then there are different types of kosher fish. Many types of tuna, some are kosher, some are not kosher. The three main ones that they use now are kosher. Then there's dory which is a flat fish which one type is kosher one type is not kosher. It depends with the which which side is the white and which is the dark side, and then where they have that circle on it. Then you have sometimes tilapia. Tilapia and catfish taste the same and look very, very similar. And catfish is a lot cheaper. So you have to know that the company, because most tilapia generally does not come with any skin on its skin. So you have to know they didn't change it, with a, substituted with catfish. So you have to know Yashgok is proper over there. Gourmet tuna, on the other hand, is a raw tuna that's cooked in a can with no pre-cooking and steam. That one would definitely require visually straw, just like by salmon. Um, tuna canning, the broth that they use in it, the brine they use in it, the HVP, hydrolyzed vegetable protein, all of those things may be a big, a serious issue. So we'll do now the first segment of explaining the, some things about the fish. So first I address what the issues are, now what the what is a kosher fish? What are the concerns that the kosher consumer should be aware of? We'll list some of the concerns in general and then explain them in more detail. 
There are thousands of different kinds of fish, and there are many more different names to many of the fish. A common name in one country of a kosher or non-kosher fish may be called by a completely different name in another country. The one name that is somewhat reliable would be the scientific Latin name given to each species of fish, but that's also not 100% reliable. All kosher fish must have fins and scales. Are all types of scales acceptable as kosher? No. What types of, sc of scale are acceptable and which ones are not acceptable? We'll discuss that further on. What is the status of an immature fish that did not develop its scales yet, like sardines? Or a fish that loses its scales at a certain stage in life or loses the scales when being removed from the water? Is the blood of fish permitted to the kosher consumer? Are the eggs, roe, and caviar of non-kosher fish permitted? Caviar displayed on the same tray next to kosher fish is that an acceptable identifier of what fish the caviar came from? Is color or shape of fish eggs or caviar a reliable kosher indicator? Why is the diet of certain fish a concern to the kosher consumer? What is the kosher status of processed fish, filleted fish, canned, frozen, ground, sliced, paste? On a fish that can be identified as a kosher fish, what are some of the concerns with the curing, smoking, and pickling of the fish. If the actual process is acceptable as kosher, but it's made in a non-kosher facility, what are the concerns? The general status of fish is para, that means it's not meat nor it's dairy, but it's considered neutral. Can fish be consumed together with meat? Can it be cooked with, uh, with meat in the same oven? How about in clean meat, meat utensils can it be cooked? Can fish be eaten with milk, cheese, or butter? Can fish be cooked in dairy utensils? How about being cooked in milk or butter? Can one purchase kosher fish in a store that sells non-kosher fish as well? What are the concerns? Should one buy fish from a religious owner only? Why? What are the concerns with a fish delivery? Do packaged fish salads or other fish items require properly sealed packages called chesamos? Does it have to have one or two? A kosher fish is one that originates in some water. Kosher fish must have scales and fins. The scales must be visible even without a microscope. The whole body of the fish does not have to be covered with scales. If the scales are only by the gills, fins, or tail, it's sufficient. The size, thickness, and shape of the scales are irrelevant. The scales usually are overlapping each other from head to tail. The scales and fins are laid from head to tail so the, so the fish can swim forward. If you notice, when a fish swallows another fish, it therefore always swallowed from head to the tail. The reason is, otherwise the fin and the scales will prevent it from being swallowed from the scale side, it will get stuck in the fish's mouth. Bony protrusions on some fish are not considered scales. The scales must be able to be removed without ripping or damaging the attached skin. The scales must be of the cycloid, round or comb-like, not the placoid, plate-like, organoid, armor-like, um, scales. The kosher fish has other distinguishing characteristics. The shape of the head is more roundish and wider, while the non-kosher fish is more pointed and longer. The kosher fish has a spine, while non-kosher fish usually does not. The shapes of the tail and eggs are also different. We can nevertheless, for kosher purposes, rely on the presence of fins and prop only on the presence of fins and proper scales. An immature fish that did not yet develop its scales is still considered a kosher fish. A fish that had proper scales at one time 
but as it matures or when it's removed from the water loses the scales is still considered as a kosher fish. Kosher animals and fowl require slaughtering by a properly trained and authorized individual. Fish do not require any type of slaughtering. The blood of animals and fowl must be removed by proper salting or broiling by a properly trained individual. On the other hand, the blood of fish does not require any removal process and may be eaten with the fish. On the other hand, if the blood of the fish is gathered in a container, the blood may not be consumed unless it's recognizable as fish blood, such as you put in some scales in it, etc., so you know that that's what it is, that it's fish, uh, fish blood. Certain blemishes and imperfections may render an animal as non-kosher or foul. But fish do not have any restrictions in this regard. An animal fowl that died or was killed is not kosher, while a fish, even though it died on its own, will retain its kosher status. Certain expertise is necessary to determine what fish meet the criteria of kosher classification. Therefore, one should only consume those that are universally accepted as being of the kosher type. The swordfish, sturgeon, sharks, eels, and lumpfish are never kosher. Certain tobert, dory, or even some tunas may be of a non-kosher variety. The albacore, skipjack, and yellowfin are of the kosher variety. Shellfish, crustaceans, mammals such as eels, dolphins, and whales are not kosher. The dolphin fish, or other things to dolphin fish, the mahi-mahi, is a kosher fish. Swimming creatures such as seahorses, which is normally found also in nori, or squid or lobsters are not considered fish and are not kosher. We will continue. We will continue further the segment on fish at another session. Thank you and culture.